0: So I wanted to, before I talk um, kind of about Survivor, for those of you who don't know, it's a reality game show, and it's 18 people pretty much just dropped on an island, and it becomes more of a social, psychological game. There's a lot of physical components to it, but more or less, it's like, how strong are you mentally, and how well do you build alliances, and can you trust the people that you promise to trust? Obviously, I couldn't. I got voted. I was number seven who got voted out. So before I you know, kind of talk about that experience, I want to back up and kind of talk about what I really do feel like led me to be able to do that experience um, and kind of led me into a redo. So I got into grad school back in 2011, and it wasn't something that I felt like. The Lord wanted me to do it all, it was a good experience and I was I was given the opportunity to get a free education and I just didn't feel like that was something that I needed to turn down. So I moved to Lexington, it was five years and every year I just battled with my family, like I cried every January, every time the semester started. I would be like this is not me like I am not a studious person like I am social like this is taking everything out of me and just really genuine tears like am I doing like what I'm supposed to be doing with my life and pretty much every January I would have this dialogue with my parents and my dad would be like Jessica like we'll support you in whatever decision you want to make but like what else are you going to do with your time like this is a free education circumstances are lining up for you to be here you know your mom and I would tell you to finish until you get clear direction not to. Of course, I would be like, oh, just finish, it's fine. You know, just really mopey. And so I did, I finished. So five years later, 2015, I finished grad school. I am elated, and I already begin to make plans for my life. And for those of you who know me, it's just like, really like, bing, bing, bing like all over the place. So before getting done with grad school, I had already accepted a job in Louisville. I had committed to go on um, a medical missions trip as a nurse practitioner and had invested in that trip already. And I take boards the first time, and let me pause. For those of you who know this story, I hope that you're excited that I don't feel like I'm going to cry because there was a point in time when I told this full story that I couldn't get through it without wailing with sorrow. But now there's so much joy attached. Um, So I take boards the first time and I don't pass, which at that time was the end of the world for me. So because I didn't pass, the job here in Louisville graciously was like, you know, Jessica, like we appreciate you, but we cannot hold the job for you. We're going to have to take it back and move on with another candidate. And I was like, cool. Okay, what does that mean? Then the medical trip that I had signed on for basically had to move forward with another candidate as well. So here I am, like left in Lexington, like what does this mean for my life? And basically what it meant was, suck it up, Jessica, study again. And the way boards works is you can't take boards again for 60 days. So I studied for 60 days. In that 60-day period, I felt like I got a lot of confirmation that I was going to pass. Like the job here in Louisville basically called and was like, Jessica, we couldn't find another candidate we liked more than you. The job is yours once you pass boards. And I was like, no problem. I'm going to pass boards this time. Um, Another opportunity came along in the same medical missions trip that I had invested in prior, also offered me another spot on their next trip. And once again, they were like, Jessica, like, we want you to come back. We have a spot for you. And I was like, yes, like, this is the Lord. Like, for some reason, he wanted me to go to India, not Africa. I don't know. Like, what do we do as Christians? We constantly look for affirmation and confirmation of why we go through disappointments. And I think that's really natural. So I sit for boards again and I don't pass again. And it's just heartbreaking, like I'm calling people wailing and wallering. like I'm not showering anymore, like I'm on the ground, my friends come over and visit me and I'm like, just leave me to die, like it feels (laughs) awful at that point. So once again, the job in Louisville says, Jessica, we're so sorry, we cannot save this job for you. And I'm like, please don't. I am mortified and simply embarrassed, like, please don't ever call me again. I didn't really say that. But I said, thank you. I understand. I don't know what the issue is. I need to go back to preschool. So, so then again, the medical admissions tr- trip c- calls and they were like, Jessica, we're really sorry. Like, we have to move on. And I'm like, of course you do as do I like I'm going back to kindergarten like I just keep making these jokes to like comfort me so at this time like I'm calling good friends I'm calling HL and Kara I'm calling my a a big lot of you here and I'm just like really trying to figure out like what is God trying to teach me I am learning nothing except for the fact that I cannot shower for a week and be okay I cannot eat and I'm fine like I'm just like getting in this really mellow dark place But what do you do? I studied for boards again, um, 60 days of studying. I pretty much at this point have exhausted my finances. For those of you who have taken a set of boards, they're not cheap. And I just kept paying for services of someone to help me like I was desperate. Um, I take boards again, and then once again, I do not pass. At this point, life is over. Like I told Jesus many times, and I had a polar bear rug, and I would tell my friends, like, I have this polar bear rug that has become my place of, like, moping. And I would just lay in it and listen to songs like, as the deer panteth forth. Like, who knows that song? As the deer panteth. Okay. So I would lay there and I would just cry and I'd be like, Lord, I do not know what you want for my life. And the reason why that feeling was so sorrowful is because I had invested five years, all of my twenties, from 21 to 20, I mean a long time, all of my twenties, to this degree that I can't do anything with unless i pass boards i can't practice as a nurse practitioner i can't educate it was all for nothing and so i would have this dialogue back and forth with jesus like hello i'm a tither i'm a christian i have done this this and this like you're not helping me and it was during that time that i realized the importance of people to drag you along in your faith when you simply can't drag yourself and i'll never forget H.L., I don't know if you remember this, but I was having coffee with him, and it was before I took my fourth set of boards. And he was like, how do you feel? And I wanted to be like, why are you smiling? Like, there's nothing to smile about in life. Like, what's wrong with you? But I didn't say that. I was thinking it. And I was like, well, I feel like I'm on the edge of a cliff, and I'm going to fall over and die. And I was like being really dramatic and he was like, "Oh, Jessica, like I don't see that at all." Like, and he was like, "You are on the brink of something good." And I I mean, you I don't know if you remember that moment. I said that? Oh, you said it. <laughs> and in that moment, I felt no love towards you at all. Really, I was like, "I don't want to talk to you again because you don't understand what I'm going through. Like, you don't get it at all." But Looking back, I'll never forget that moment because that is what he felt and he truly believed. That is what my parents felt and what they truly believed and some of my dearest friends in this room, that is what they felt and that is what they believed. So in the moments where I was like, Jesus, you you love me, I am your servant, I am going to heaven because I believe that you are the one true God, and I've asked you into my heart. But you don't care about my finances. You don't care about my joy because I have none. And I've, this is nine months into this. Yeah, I have nothing, and so I began to question God's character, and which was really interesting. Like you know, as a Christian growing up in church, like we we sing these songs of worship, and we we learn these verses. But unless you walk through a situation of hardship or fire or something that causes you pain and disappointment, you don't have anything to fight for. And this was the first time in my life where I realized, whoa, I'm really beginning to question who God is. And that was scary because you um, at this point I have a lot of friends and I'm like, yeah, God loves you. But I'm like, but does he? Like, but does he? And that was when it was kind of a scary place for me to really question God's character. And just through moments and conversations with people who I put my trust and love into, and I really envisioned them hooking my mouth and dragging me across this polar bear rug that I had laid on for some time now, and continually telling me, like, Jessica you are on the brink of something great like i don't know why you're going through this but it's going to end i would hear these words they would tell me these verses and i would think about all these things like God is true, God gives us back what's taken from us, he is just, but I haven't seen that in my life, so how do I believe it? And there were times when I literally had to just sit down and I would read the word because though I had doubt of God's character, because it was so ingrained in me, I knew that was the only hope I had. It was either walk away from this whole situation of studying for boards or it was just keep going. And so after my third set of boards, I'll never forget. This is um, a story I haven't told HL. I was with Siler. I don't know why. But he was like, Jessica, he asked me how I was. And I was like, I'm not well. Just not well. You know, I'm not well. And he was like. Who is Siler? Siler is um, HL and Kara's son. How old is he now? Nine. So he's nine. So I guess he would have been, I don't know, seven, maybe. He could talk. And he was, he's really smart anyway. <laughs> so... so so anyway, we're having this like conversation, and he was like, "How are you?" And I am, like, I'm not well, Siler. It's like my head's not well. I'm not well, and he was like, "Okay," and I was like, "I'm just gonna, just gonna give up," and he was like, "Like, oh, Jessica, don't kill yourself," and I was like, "No, no, like I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm, no, like I'm not gonna kill myself. Like I'm just gonna give up. Like I don't, I can't do this anymore." And he was like, don't do that, just keep going. And I tell you what, I get really emotional when I think about that because that is what God wants for us. Like, what is, I'm like nervous, so I can't think of the Bible verse that says, the faith of a child, right? Um, But that is the innocence of that moment. You know, he was like, no, just keep going. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Okay, you're so wise and full of wisdom. Like, okay. Um, So the point is, I studied once again 60 days. I had quit my job. I moved to Louisville to kind of help my spirits be higher. And I passed um, in January of 2000. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was on, on top of the world. And so coming out of that experience, I just felt like I, felt like I needed to be in church seven days a week. It was con- constant repentance. Like, Jesus, I am so sorry. Like, I am so sorry I doubted your character. Please forgive me. I'm an awful child of God. You know, all these things. But he taught me so much about who he is. So kind of, you know, fast forward, because I had lost the two jobs in Louisville, by the time I finished boards, a job opened up here in Louisville, um, and the practice I'm in now, and it's wonderful. And they're the ones who gave me nine weeks off to play Survivor. So by the time I finished boards, I had a couple months off, which allowed me to do everything for Survivor that I needed to do. There was constant exams, constant traveling back and forth, a lot of busy work. And I remember thinking, how would I have done this if I had A, been studying for boards, or B, be locked into a job, and the thought came to me I wouldn't have. And so that kind of like added some confirmation, like maybe this was why, you know? And again, I think that we always look for a reason when we go through something hard. So I get in this job, I get 100% confirmation that I'm gonna play the game. So I get in that game thinking, All of you guys are going to lose because God brought me here. So I am going to win. Like, this is why I lost all of my money studying for boards because I'm about to be a millionaire. You know, of course, I would never tell anyone that. That's, like, really, like, oh, I'm so great. But that's what I thought. I was like, I don't know why you're here, but God brought me here. (laughs) And then when I found out, most of them, like, weren't, like, and we've talked about this, so if any of them are watching them, I don't think that they would be offended if I say this, but, like, most of them, like, didn't, wouldn't put themselves, like, I am a hardcore Christian in that category. So, like, once we kind of were dialoguing about this amongst each of us, I was like, oh, I'm definitely gonna win now, you know? And the, you saw I did not, and I made many mistakes in the game. Um, you know, H.L., we did talk a lot before playing the game, and he was like, Jessica, two pieces of advice, and I'm like, H.L., I will heed every word you say to me. And he was like, number one, don't make best friends. And I'm like, never. <coughs> number two, don't align with a good looking guy. And I was like, never. So, <laughs> and so I love talking about this because what happened is complete disobedience to the person I hold at this really high level of, you know, he's my pastor and my best friend. And, Oh, no. <laughs> no, this was on day two. <laughs> so what ended up happening is this, this. Now, this did have a story. So I am just totally unaware of myself on the island. I think that I'm, like, playing this game, and I'm playing it good. On day two, we get off. I'm on the healer tribe which as you saw, I'm with three very tough girls and a, like three guys, one which is Cole, which I did not fall in love with him. It was the island, that messes with your head. I think that he would concur. So, And then the other one was a total brainiac. So I'm like, we are going to literally kill this game and I am going to kill all of you in your head like i am so much better than you so on um, like we get off we get off the water we're walking up to the ocean or to our beach and i'm with the two girls and i am like hey you guys i'm jessica good to meet you like let's be friends and they both kind of were like okay and i'm like so if we lose the challenge and we go to tribal who are we going to vote off and they were like well who do you think and i'm like the weakest person so in this moment i'm realizing i'm already making best friends with these people Then I somehow get aligned with Cole, and I totally get beside myself. And I would be honest, it was the downfall of my game. I thought I was playing it well. Instead, my alliance with Cole ended up being my downfall, because I was very much consumed with protecting my alliance. So I felt like I was protecting Cole and these girls. And in reality, I should have been protecting myself, because I was a target and didn't know it. Um, And that's when you saw the tribal that I got my, my name written down. Um, So, to kind of, you know, brink off of that subject, the next day, and it's very funny for me to say how emotional I was, but the next day I cried for about 24 hours, as we all did when we got voted off. The game gets to you. It's emotional. They strip you from food, from water, um, anything normal, and you're just like your bare self. So I remember crying, and they had a psychologist come and visit us every day just to make sure that we're processing the emotions that happened to you? People lie to you and they don't want you to leave the game with anything negative. So I was crying to my psychologist and I was like, I just feel awful because this wasn't what was supposed to happen. I was supposed to win. (laughs) She was like, Everyone thinks that, Jessica. And I'm like, no, but I have, I was supposed to. And I told her my story of boards and how I was literally broke from trying to pass and how I felt like the game was a gift from Jesus. And I really did. When I found out I got to play, I really felt like God was like, here you go, girlfriend. I don't think that Jesus says girlfriend, but in my mind, he says girlfriend. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. And so I really had to battle, like, God, I don't understand. Like, why bring me all the way out here If I'm not going to have victory, like what was the point? Like this was fun, but like I was supposed to win. I didn't even get close, and that's just you know I had to had to let that sit. So um, again, story short, when we get voted off and you don't make the jury, they send you to a faraway land, and they sent us to Australia for the rest of the time. And it was probably five days into that trip, and one of the casting members who um, is with us on the whole trip and I'm gonna, not gonna say his name or the details of his life, but what's important is five days in, he comes up to me and he was like, Jessica, like you are really different than what I thought you would be. And I was like, it's good to talk to you, because he had blatantly ignored me through the entire casting process, before the game, when I got voted off, and five days into Australia. Cold shoulder, I mean, for those of you who know me, I'm pretty personable and like just wanna bear hug you all the time and he was like, no, no, no. And I couldn't figure out why and I'm like, I have obviously offended this guy. So he comes up to me and he's like, you're really different than what I thought and I asked him like, what do you mean? And basically, story short, he had a very bad experience with a friend of his a year prior who was a Christian. And basically, instead of showing love in a certain situation, his friend literally said, you're going to hell, Um, period. Like, period. So that sat so heavily on this, this my friend that I met in Australia that he hadn't been to church since, literally was living with the mindset of, who cares? I'm going to hell. And I will never forget, because in that moment, it was just like the Lord said, Jessica, like, this is why. And so in that moment, I'm like, yeah, this is why. Later, I was like, Lord, couldn't I have had that moment somewhere else and still have won a million (laughs) dollars? But you don't get to pick the cards God gives you. So in this moment, I was like, no, like, why would you think that about me? And he, um, he really said, Jessica, we all know your bio. Everyone, there's 300 members in Survivor cast, producers that make up the whole show. We all know you. We all know your bio. Everyone breaks you apart before you're actually chosen. So they knew my morals, values, that I was from Kentucky, that I claim to be a Christian, everything that falls in line with that. And he really had this judgment on me he, I mean, he really said, you're from Kentucky, you're from the Bible Belt, and you're a Christian, period. You think I'm going to hell. And it was in that moment that I felt like I was really able to share the gospel with him. And I, and I said HL a lot, but he's really been a wonderful advisor. Um, And the first verse that came to me was a verse that HL very much um, bases daylight on, and it's mercy triumphs over judgment. So, of course, I'm getting emotional as I'm talking to him, and I'm like, no, like, that's not what I think. Like, what I think is that Jesus loves you and that mercy triumphs over judgment, and it's not my place to tell you. It is my place to tell you that Jesus loves you, and your only responsibility is to ask him into your heart and be diligent to ask the Lord what He wants for your life. Story one. We are still very good friends, um, and He would say that you know I def, you know, and I don't say this to you know brag on me, but He would say that was a life changing moment for him. So, I say all of that to say, was this moment with that guy after Survivor the reason for all of this? Was it the reason why I failed boards four times and you know all that happened? Was it the reason why? All of this happened in Louisville just to get to this point to have a minister, to have an opportunity to speak to someone who lives a thousand miles away, who I mean I might never see again. I don't know, but I hope that it was. And for me, that was a redo and that was something that God gave me. And throughout this whole process, I still and I often still have to put myself in this situation when I think about situations that happen to us that are really hard and that cause us pain and turmoil and suffering. And we sit with the Lord and we're like, why am I going through this? I don't deserve it. I'm a good person. All of these things. The bottom line is we live in a very sick world that's broken, full of diseases, full of hurt. And if you haven't walked through anything, you're just really lucky. Like. I mean, I don't know if that's biblical, but I really feel like if you haven't walked through something hard, then count your blessings and get ready. Like, life isn't easy. When we go through something in life that is awful, how do we cope with the feelings of regret and sorrow and emotion? And I know that for me, what has had to happen to cope and to remain trustworthy to who God's character is, it is remembering that regardless on the situation, there are really in my mind two scenarios. Either you're walking, whatever you're going through, you're walking down God's path. In that scenario, great, because then you know it ends well. If it's like literally ordained for you, then you know it ends well because that's his character. If you're like, there's no way this is God's will for my life. This, and that's how I felt with this whole 12 months of boards. I'm like, this is not what God wants for me to be broke, hungry, and gross because I'm depressed and I can't shower. Like, this is not what God wants for me. So I found healing in the fact that, no, Jessica, like God doesn't want you to be in pain and sad and suffering, but this is where, you're, this is where life is taking you. What are you going to do about it? And then I rested in the verse, you know, that he makes all things good for those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. So I would lay down and I would be praying and I'm like, God, I know you love me, but I'm so sad, but I know you love me. And it was, that's the avenue I, even today, I wouldn't say that God wanted that for my life. I don't believe he did. I believe that this is something that for whatever reason happened to me, for whatever reason why I couldn't pass those exams, I do not know. I still will never know. But I know that through that, God carried me and I learned so much about his character and his character is true and honest. And I think that's a really good method when we go through something to identify and to just rest in. If it's God's will, it ends well. If it's not God's will, man, he he has you. And I don't know how it ends. I don't know where your redo comes, but it will come and it might not come in the way that you desire or seek or want. But it comes because that's who his character is. Um, I just wanted to read something real quick. For those of you, the utmost for his highest, it's like super old school by Oswald. I think that's how, Chambers. I would highly recommend it. I read through it almost every year. And every time I read through it, it there's something new. Um, it says, A Christian's life in the hands of God is like a bow and arrow in the hands of an archer. God is aiming at something the Christian cannot see. But our Lord continues to stretch and to strain. And every once in a while the saint says, "'I can't go anymore. It's too hard. Make it stop.'" God pays no attention to this. He goes on stretching until His purpose is in sight, and He lets the arrow fly. And that's just truth. There are many situations where we just sit down with the Lord, and you literally say, "'I can't go anymore. It hurts too bad. Make it stop.'" Let me see redemption. And I think that there's not one person in this room who can't think of a situation that you're praying for or a family member that you're praying for where you're looking for a redo or you're looking for redemption or you're looking for something. And the Lord would say to you, just hold on, like just keep hoping because the one thing the enemy wants is for us to stop hoping. And that's something that I felt like that I learned through this whole situation is that the, the enemy, the, when I say the enemy, I mean the devil. You know, the Bible verse that, you know, the battles are not against flesh and blood. They're against the powers and the darkness of this world. And there was a time when I was like, man, the enemy is winning in my soul. Like, he'll never, he'll never be able to convince me that I'm not going to heaven. He'll never be able to convince me that Jesus is not the one true God and that he did not die on the cross. But what he very much Is winning at is he's making me question God's character, which is stealing my joy, which is stealing my hope. And the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The hope in the Lord is our strength. So when we have joy, we have hope, we then have faith. Faith activates whatever we're praying for, and that's when we see it happen. But if the enemy can steal your joy and your hope, then you stop praying for what you're believing for, and then are we missing out? on something great that God wants? Are we missing out on a redo or a breakthrough? Um, And so I think that's what I would want to portray and just to leave you with is that... You know, there are, you know, yes, boards for me is completed, and that's behind me, but there are many things in my life that I am praying for um, in regards to my family and my friends that I'm, I'm, I'm praying for redos and a breakthrough. Survivor is a huge redo. I'm like, give me a redo. I will not make one best friend, and I will never talk to someone with an eight-pack again. Like, <laughs> and now maybe I'll win. So... That's what I would, you know, leave you with is, you know, this afternoon, um, if there are things that you guys are praying for, just sit with the Lord and HL, once again, something that stuck, has stuck with me um, in one of his sermons was just sit and listen, and I have a really hard time listening. I talk a lot, and so that Sunday, I went home, and I was like, sit and listen, sit and listen. I'm like, but Jesus, like, you remember? And I'm like, no, Jessica, sit and listen, sit and listen. Um... But that's key because he wants us to hear what that redo looks like for your life, what that breakthrough looks like, and he wants us to find comfort in, in his character.